Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's so much to talk about because of Tuesday in the United States and the significance of the U.S. election. Brexit was already... Brexit kicked the chair out from under the, uh, the perception that life is going on as it always has. Elections, angry voters, um, arrogant politicians, and the cycle repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. Brexit already kicked that chair out from under. Tuesday's election in the United States kicked the chair down the stairs. It's gone. And there are European elections coming up, and you're going to see some significant action and changes in Europe. It's just the way things are going to be because people are angry. And to respond with anger is not the smart thing. To respond with some degree of dialogue and understanding things have to get done, and the United States election isn't going to suddenly disappear because people are marching in the streets, some destroying things. There was anger after Barack Obama was elected in 2012, by re-elected by those who opposed him. And as we talked about yesterday, there were a million people in, in Washington. There was a million people there opposing the re-election of Barack Obama. That wasn't any violence. It's going to be a left versus right thing, and but it's not really left versus right. There's enough talk about this. And unfortunately, too many people who are talking about it don't know anything about it. I know I sound like a... Yeah, you fill it in. But I, I, I work hard on this stuff, and I pay attention to what's going on, and it matters to me. Because I, I really think that young people have... I mean, this is their world, and they need, they need to um, take stewardship of it. I'm going to go to your calls after I read you something, all right? And, and we'll continue our conversation. But I want to read this to you. And it's something that I wrote, I put on my website on Thursday, I think. And then go to your calls. And I'm, I'm doing this because uh, Anthony called from Calgary, and I appreciated his call. I just wanted to say something to Anthony. He said, you know, he came from, to Canada from Lebanon, and we all define ourselves a certain way. And I came to Canada as a kid from Europe when I was 13 years of age. And he's Canadian first and Lebanese second, and I've always just considered myself Canadian. But we all define ourselves a certain way, and I know that being Canadian is tremendously important to Anthony. But he didn't like the idea of the election of Donald Trump, and then we had other callers, I think it was Craig, right, who really felt it was the best thing for the United States. So what I wrote was this. I first predicted the Donald Trump win in February of this year. At the time, the prediction was largely dealing with the GOP primaries, but I did add the November election, so it's likely Trump win territory. That had zero to do with being a fan of Donald Trump. At the time, I was inclined to support Jeb Bush for the Republican primaries. My prediction had everything to do with Donald Trump being a recognizable face and persona for the populist movement which has been stalking the edges of national elections and international citizen activity increasingly for at least three years and perhaps longer. 
a populist movement predicated on shared fatigue by people of all racial, ethnic, religious, gender, and linguistic backgrounds. Shared fatigue for the misspending of massive amounts of taxpayer monies by political elites who made and broke promises based on election cycles as predictably as winter follows autumn on the seasonal cycle. There was, though, no one to follow. No one with a massive profile and sufficient self-funding combined with an ego-skirting narcissism which allowed that person to directly and frontally assault the power brokers. Enter Donald Trump, exit Jeb Bush. And over a period of weeks, the rest of the GOP would be presidents of the United States. On the Democrat side of the contest, the reverse proved true. Representing the power brokers won Hillary Rodham Clinton, once U.S. First Lady, New York Senator, and American Secretary of State. Representing the movement, Bernie Sanders, former mayor of Burlington, Vermont, and longtime senator from the Green Mountain State. Mismatch. Except Bernie looking like cranky great-grandpa, wagging bony finger while croaking political revolution, began to fill arenas across the United States as younger and younger voters felt the burn. Meanwhile, HRC drew flies at her rallies, and without superdelegates to stack the deck at the DNC convention, cranky Bernie may well have dislodged Hillary as Democratic Party general election standard-bearer. We were to find the DNC, in cooperation with the Clinton campaign, turned Bernie into a Julius Caesar Ides of March look-alike, in other words, stabbed in the back by his supposed friends and allies. The remainder of the script played itself out as I predicted Trump won, not just the White House, but also retained the Senate and the House. Sure, there are protests on the streets of America, and certainly Donald Trump made statements which, without the presence of the movement, would most likely have disqualified him during the final campaigns for POTUS. Clinton was hardly without sin, a caught red-handed liar, a woman who happily compromised the security of the United States, and a candidate who, with her husband, the impeached former POTUS Bill Clinton, now finds their charitable Clinton Foundation under federal police scrutiny. But distractions of any kind aside, there was the movement, and the movement was not to be denied. The movement drew under the same tent disparate individuals and groups who and which under previous circumstance would never have agreed to share space, let alone political objective. Now it will be the United States President Donald Trump, Vice President Mike Pence, a Senate and a Republican majority, and a House also with a Republican majority.